0: War, we're going to be covering uh, 1 through 20, which is called the parable of the sower. And I entitled this morning's message a message from above, because you'll see uh, the parable, of the sower, the sower is uh, seed is falling from the sower's hand. He's it's falling uh, down to uh, the soil. And that's kind of related to what God Wants to share with us a message from God, a message falling down from heaven. But for a message to fall down to heaven and for us to hear that message, we need to be in tune. You know, I think I was thinking back a little yesterday about, you know, being in tune with God. You know, I remember in in the 70s, we used to always... You know, listen to the radio or the early 80s or even back further the 60s. You know, we're listening to the radio and then all of a sudden we get static and we would have to tune in. We'd have to get that dial and we'd have to get that dial just right so that we could hear the music or whatever was being shared. You know, I think of it. Nowadays, because, you know, you really had to tune in that dial to hear that frequency. And I think of it nowadays, you know, where, where we got these things and we you know, we, we kind of get out of range and I'm trying to get this uh, spinning wheel circle of, of dread, man. It just keeps turning a circle and I got no uh, reception. And I, I, I have to be in the right place to receive that reception. And here's the same thing with God. You know, I have to be tuned in to Him. I have to get beyond the static. I need to get in an area where I'm not having that interference or I get that reception. But you see, to have this frequency from heaven, to receive this frequency from heaven, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, you hear those, those, uh, talk shows or those important podcasts and, and you hear, they give you a little bit of it. They give you a little bit of the show and then they cut it out. And then they say, if you're a subscriber, you'll get a little bit more. And it's like, man, you, you kind of got me, but I want to be a subscriber. And you know, it's the same thing with heaven. We do have an, a glimpse of heaven, You know, Romans tells us that we're without excuse. We know that there is a heaven intuitively. But I have to be a subscriber. I have to be tuned in. I have to have that reception. And what keeps us from hearing God? What keeps us from hearing the frequency of God or his message from above to his people? Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2 says, Our sins have separated us from God. Sin separates us. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, it's kind of like a veil falling over us to where when we hear or we read, there's kind of a veil over our heart. We kind of get a glimpse of what God is saying, but it's not with clarity because of sin. I like what David in the psalmist in Psalms chapter 119, verse 18. David prayed to God, Open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things from your law, that the beauty of your word. You know, I really think before we get in this morning's study that we need to pray. Pray that God would ask, that we would ask God for forgiveness. I did this morning. That we would experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That, that our eyes would be open. Because Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 says, it speaks of a, a to be filled with the knowledge and the spiritual wisdom and understanding from above. Man, I want all that God has for me. But you see, there's sin or there's something in the way. Of the frequency from me hearing from God. And I don't want that to be the case this morning with myself nor for you. You see, the Bible teaches that God is triune. And in his original creation, he created the first man, triune, body, soul, and spirit. But when sin entered into man, man's sin, he died spiritually that day and so there's that frequency. I need to be spiritual to hear a spiritual message because the message falls down from heaven. It's not of this world. So we're going to pray right now. We're going to pray for forgiveness, for cleansing, for a feeling of the Holy Spirit that I would be in tune, that I and you would be in tune with God this morning. That he would fill you. Let's pray. Father, I love you, Lord, and I pray personally, pray for the congregation here. Father, forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us. Wash us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Come into our lives. That we would be in tune with you this morning. That we would hear your word with clarity, Father. For you desire to give us good things. We love you, we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Again, if you have your Bible, turn to Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. We're going to hear Jesus' teaching. And it says, and again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him. So he got into a boat, and he sat on the sea, and the whole multitude was On the land facing the sea. And he taught them many things by parables, and he said to them in his teaching. So here, Jesus is teaching. But you see, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's teaching. We need to be listening. But here it says a great multitude was gathered to him. Like today, in many different churches around the world, people are gathered to Jesus. And that's what we're doing this morning. We're gathered to Jesus. So Jesus gets in a boat. He's on the Sea of Galilee. He's there and they're listening. So he puts himself in a boat, just a little bit offshore, so they could hear him. He gets in the boat and he gives everyone the best opportunity to hear him. And, you know, all around the world, Jesus is still giving people an opportunity to hear his voice. If we would hear him, he taught them many things. It says here by parables pertaining to the kingdom of God. A parable is a similar story, an illustration to set alongside of truth to make things easier to understand. It's an example to help us understand a heavenly or spiritual truth. And here's what Jesus says here. Here's what he wants us to know here in verse 3 through 9. He says, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed some seed fell by the wayside. And the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up and it had no depth of earth. And when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root. It withered away. And some fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no crop. But the other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop. That sprang up and increase and produce some 30 fold, some 60 and a hundred. And Jesus said to them, he who has an ear, let him hear. Tune in. But you notice here the double emphasis here at the beginning of verse three. The double emphasis is very important. He says, Listen behold and what he's saying is here pay close attention get tuned in the sower is one who tosses or spreads out seed i, I do this every morning i i get up at five o'clock every morning i have to get up earlier because the sun's coming out earlier i get up every morning and i have to open a little door and i say good morning girls and i reach into side bin and i and i i scoop a little thing and i i feed chickens every morning and I, and I throw the seed down and they, they go and they get the, the little seeds. But here is a picture of somebody planting. Falling down from heaven. The sower spreads the seed. And he's spreading the seed to cause a crop to grow. That one day it sh- would be harvested and enjoyed as it is to be intended. You see, the purpose, the the sower's intention is for a healthy, flourishing crop. But who's the crop here in the story? The crop is you. You're the crop. But here, thirdly, we see that there's a cause and effect that takes place. It says, and it happened. And here we have four points here that the same seed fell on four different locations. Where it fell, number one, the wayside. Number two, on stony ground. Number three, it fell among the thorns. And number four, it fell on good ground. And Jesus tells us, or he points out here, that there are different results That are produced based on the condition of where the seed falls. First we see by the wayside. The wayside is a traveler's way. The wayside during the time of Christ was a Roman road. And the roads were paved. And at this time time of Christ, 50,000 miles were paved by the Romans. And it was a concrete substance, kind of like a trail with weeds. You know, I was walking down the alley on Friday, and I was walking. It's, it's, it's a paved road. It, it's not the best road. But you could see in the roads, in the cracks, you'll see little sprouts of vegetation. Little sprouts. That's the wayside. This, there's some kind of seed that fell in there in those little cracks that sprouted up. That's the wayside. And then he said, some fell on stony grounds. But on the wayside, he said, here in the verses, the fowls of the air or the birds of the air came and they devoured or they squandered or they wasted the substance that was sown. It didn't last very long. It didn't penetrate the ground it was already picked up like my chickens. Once I put something down, man, they're on it. I gotta watch out. You know, sometimes I I, I don't have something in my hands. I have the appearance, and man, they're they want a pack. They want something. So the fowls of the air came and devoured and squandered the seed that was sown. Number two, this, those who found the seed that found on stony ground. It says the ground is full of rocks. You know. There's not much soil there. There's there's a lot of rocks, and, and like we the weeds in the alley, they spring up immediately. But a lack of sustainable a sustainable root system, when things get hot, Jesus says they wither away. They they don't last very long. And I you know I've seen some weeds back here, and I've been kind of watching them as I go. And have my lunch. I'll walk down the alley. I'll walk to the restaurant. And I'll get some lunch. And I notice, you know, they're sprouting. They're, they're, they're full. And then all of a sudden, now it's starting to get hot. They're starting to wilt. And Jesus compares that to that something that sprouts up quickly. But when it gets hot, it just they just whittle away. He also said, there's some that fell among the, the thorns. You know, they showed a lot of potential. It grew up because of its position next to the weeds or an aggressive vine-like plant here, the thorns. He says it is choked out, resulting in a lack of fruit, Jesus says. But the fourth ground, better ground, for the purpose of growing things, yielded, meaning that word yielded, meaning they gave themselves over to grant themselves, and they conceded to the purpose of the sower. That ground was good ground. That ground was ready, and the results of having that good ground. It says the growth is in the differing degrees. So you know. your heart is the seed. And what grows there, some is 30-fold, some is 60-fold, some is 100-fold. You see, the followers of Jesus wanted to know more. You know, they heard that message. They're there with a great multitude by the sea. And they wanted to, to know more. See, it's not what takes place in the sermon. But what you, do, what, what you do with it after the sermon. It's not what takes place in the sermon. It's what takes place in your heart after the sermon. Let's look at verse 10. It says. But when he, Jesus, was alone and those around him with the twelve, they asked him about the parable. And here Jesus will explain the parable in more detail. Verses 11 through 13. And he said to them. To you it has been given to known the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside all things are in parables. So that seeing. They may see and not perceive. And hearing they may hear and not understand. Least they should turn and their sins be forgiven of them. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? So number one, he says, For you it is given the mystery to know the kingdom of God. Not the crowds, but to those who came to him alone in an intimate group. And it's the same with you. You know, Jesus, the word goes out. But it's that intimate time with Jesus. You have an intimate relationship with him. And Jesus is saying this here, you know, uh, you know, they want to know more. They're spending time with Jesus. They, 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 you know, all the crowds left. Everyone went to their homes. But these stayed with the twelve. And it said they wanted to know more. They had a, a time alone with Jesus. You see those outside had no spiritual perception. Like I mentioned earlier. There was a veil. They only heard certain things. Their frequency wasn't quite tuned in yet. And that's what happens. I want to, That's why we prayed at the beginning of the service. To, to be tuned in so I could hear. As Jesus said. He who has ears. Let him hear. What the spirit is saying. Be tuned in. So they had no, they could not perceive, they had no understanding spiritually, no conversion. They were tuned out. They had no ability to turn back from the broad way of destruction and the consequences of unforgiven sin. But here in verse 13, Jesus kind of gives a little rebuke. And he says, do you do you not understand this parable? How then can you understand all parables? And And, you know, the people should have known what Jesus was talking about here. It's kind of like in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. You know, uh, Paul was speaking to believers and he says, How long shall I be with you? By now you should be teachers. By now you should, you should know better by now. And, you know, uh, in, in, but you're still babes. You're still like babies. You still need milk and not solid food. You know, you have to have, you, you need to grow up and exercise discernment and the difference between right and wrong. But here in verse 14 through 20, Jesus gives the seekers more clarity. They want to know more. And if you want to know more, the Lord will give you more clarity. And here he does it. In verse 14, it says, the sower, he's, he's being clear here. The sower is the word. The word of God. That which is being sowed is the word. And Jesus said, and these are the ones by the wayside. Where the word is sown. He said, when they hear Satan comes and immediately he takes away. The word that was sown in their hearts. So the word goes forth. Speaks to your heart, it falls on your heart, and something takes place here. Those four conditions, that's your heart, that's my heart when you're hearing the word of God. And he says, likewise, these are the ones that fall on stony ground, verse 16. When they hear the word immediately they receive it with gladness, they're they're more than welcome for welcome to God's word. Verse 17 says, And they have no root in themselves. So they endure only for a time. And afterwards, when tribulation and persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Verse 18. Now, these are the ones who are sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones that fall on good ground, verse 20 says. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. Some 30 fold, some 60, and some 100. So each person here in these verses has the same seed, the word of God. We all have the word of God being spoken by Jesus here And these are his words, these are divine words, fallen from heaven. Each person has the same word, but the condition where it falls determines on what happens to it. Verse 15, Jesus clearly says, this is about your heart. This is about your heart. The word of God and your heart, which is sown in. In your heart. Each heard the same message according to Jesus. He uses the word here four times. To describe four conditions. Of our heart. Four conditions where our heart might be. He wants us to hear. To consider what is being said. Remember he said. Behold. Listen. Listen. The first hearer listens, but here Jesus says, Satan comes and immediately takes away the word that was sown out of their hearts. And it happens so quickly. We hear the word of God and then all of a sudden it's gone. We leave and it's like, I never heard that message. It says Satan immediately takes away what was sown in their heart. You know, I, I think of, of Peter when Peter was with Jesus and Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And, and and Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of God. And and Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. But my father from heaven in Mark, chapter eight, verse thirty three. And then right. Right after Jesus just said, man, the father gave that to you, Peter. Right away. Peter gets reprimanded, and Jesus says, "Get away from me, Satan! You're only seeing things with, from a human point of view. You see, we got to be careful because the enemy will rob what God has for you. He'll rob from your heart what God has from you, and we know this from Scripture. Jesus is warning, you know, to guard your heart. We need to be careful of unbiblical viewpoints and the enemy's tactics." Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 10 the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give you abundant life, a satisfying life. You see, the, th- the thief will rob you of what God wants to share with you, of what God wants to do in your life. And, and you know, some of his, his tactics. You know, the enemy will use bad, vague, or weak theology. Weak biblical teaching to take away from what God wants to have from you. Both from the pulpits and the worship songs that we sing. You see, the enemy will get you to move through emotional leadings or feelings. I'm just not feeling it. You know, I, I need to hear the word and trust God our feelings could mislead us. You see, he will the enemy will keep us focused on more of the outside appearance things. Things that we need. He will keep us thinking about the grass is greener on the other side. You need something more. You need this. He'll get you to distract you. He'll say, look over here. Come on. It's like bait. make you think of more of yourself than more to listen to more of your heart, own heart than to listen of God. The enemy will get you to think that you have all the solutions. The enemy will use tactics like anticlimactic, you know. There there you know a lot of people want growth and and I want I want rapid growth. There there there's, there's no excitement here. Nothing's happening here. You know, I, I want a big ministry and giant ministries and flourishing ministries. But he'll say, well, there's no growth there. It's anticlimactic. What did Jesus say about growth? You know, sometimes they spring up real fast, but there's no root. The enemy will point to the climax. He'll also point to disappointment. Oh, things are not going the way you want to go. Why do I need to go anymore? Why do I need to hear that? He'll make you focus on your disappointments. The opposition or the enemy will steer you to focus your eyes on yourself and your desires or desires that are misleading. The opposition will get you to be focused on people and their shortcomings, even in ministry. No one's perfect. No one's perfect we got to be careful of the enemy's tactics. You see, when I do martial arts, I do BJJ, you know, they teach us to manipulate our, point of our opponent to go two different directions. I turn the head of somebody, their feet will follow. And, it's, and you know what? I, I got the analogy from that because, you know, when I got some guy on me who really knows what he's doing, he'll turn my head this way, and I don't want to turn that way. My feet want to stay here, but eventually, because of the pressure, my feet will turn. And a lot of Christians walk that way. Their eyes are on the world, but their feet want to walk with Jesus. But you know what? What happens? You're. You will, your feet will always go to where your eyes are leading you. That's why we need to be careful. The enemy wants to rob us. We want to keep our eyes on the path. We want to keep our eyes on Christ. He said, likewise, Jesus said here, the ones who fell among the stony ground. They hear the word and immediately they receive it with gladness. They're excited about the word. You know, they have no problem hearing the word. But here in verse 17, it says they have no root in themselves, meaning they don't have deep roots that go down for stability. So the result says they only endure for a time. But afterwards, it says here, tribulation, persecution arises for the word's sake. Immediately they stumble and they fall away. Because there's no root. I need to be rooted and grounded in the Lord. I need to let the, what is sown in my heart take root in my heart. Verse 15 says, "Now those are verse 18 says, "Now these are the ones who fell among the stones or the, 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 the thorns. They are the ones that hear the word. Notice, in each case of the soil they're all hearing the same word. The seed falls from heaven, falls down. But it's the condition of the heart. It says they hear the word. They hear the message. But look, it says the cares of this world. You see, the idea is of distraction. You see, not necessarily bad pursuits, but pursuits that get you to forget God. I've seen it happen I've seen young people excited for God and and all of a sudden they want to they want to go get educated and they want to get educated and then you know what they forget about God they forget about God their pursuit took them away it could be a relationship you know I, I've seen young young people who love God and 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 have a an awesome relationship with God and then somebody comes in in their life that's not. Where they should be spiritually, and they and they start dating, and what happens? They take you away for that relationship. You you chase that relationship, and it took you away from God. Something that isolates you from God. That's a distraction. Seducing influence. He says deceitfulness of riches. His, you know Jesus is telling us to be careful of seducing lust for. More than you need more than you need First Timothy chapter 6 verse 6 says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. You see time, money and riches you know could take you away from what God wants for you. You know I, I do a lot of funerals over the last 20 years, I do a lot of funerals and so many people have pursuit of things and and money and work and and whatever it could be. But at the end of their life, it's usually a life of regret. Usually they say, man, I wish I would have served more. I wish I would have loved God more and and devoted to, you know, to loving God and and taking care of my family more. Why? Because they're, they're lost, they're, dis, they're, they're misguided in their pursuits. And that could happen to all of us. We could be misguided in our pursuits. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, listen to what Jesus says. He says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet loses his soul? And the second part. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus here says. The desires. For other things. Entering in the desire. The cravings he's talking about. The longing desire for that which is forbidden. And you know what? We can fill in the blanks. We all have different drives. We all have different longings and cravings. And temptations. What will a man give in exchange for a soul? We got to be careful. Something that's craving, something that you're longing for or desire for that is forbidden, it's a lie. It will not satisfy you. It's the bait. Misplaced desires. But here it says they choke out the word, and that word is to be pressed around or thronged around or to be strangulated, asphyxiated or suffocated. Things will come into your life will cause you to suffocate. It says choke. It chokes out the seeds, chokes out. And it's not choke, a choking like an, an air choke where, you know, you're eating a hot dog and all of a sudden, oh, I start Choking. It's not that kind of choke. It's speaking of strangulation of blood choke. You know, I and I do martial arts and and, you know, if I get on your back. And I take you from the back. I could strangle you one way here. If that don't work, I could play with you here and get you gable grip. Swim my arms around here. You know, get your collar, bring you across here and do a. Multiple chokes. Mul- multiple angles. But you see the choke that. And it's happened to me. Somebody has got on my back before. And you know what? They got my collar. Right here. And they got this collar. They pulled down. And they pulled this one across. And then all of a sudden. I thought I was okay. I thought I was okay. And then all of a sudden. It's like Looney Tunes. Everything went. Ooh, went black. I didn't. Feel it happening. I blacked out. And that's what Jesus is telling us here. You know, there's things in your life, those desires, those cravings, they'll choke you out. But it's not like, I'm I'm eating a hot dog and I expect, you know, that happens. But this is so subtle that Jesus says, it'll choke you out. Desires, desires are good in the right place, but when they're misplaced, they could be very bad for you. They could rob you. And here it says it, you will become unfruitful and your understanding becomes unfruitful and your fellowship of who you start hanging. You know, your, your, your understanding becomes unfruitful. Your fellowship and your understanding becomes unfruitful. Then your works become unfruitful. And then you start doing, you know, it's like, you know, you're. I, I think of it my, like my kids, you know, when my kids were little and were w- with me and, you know, they were they're on their best behavior. But sometimes, you know, when they were alone and they'd, they'd be uh, mischievous and, and that's what happens to us when we're, we're separated from God. When we're not in our, our relationship with God and we're distant from God, our, our works become darker, more mischievous. The world has us. See, your life has a purpose. Your life has a purpose to glorify God. And lastly, here Jesus says, but these are the ones that are sown on good ground. Verse 20. Those who hear the word... Accept it and bear fruit. Some 30 fold, some 60 and some 100 fold. You see. Here, Jesus is saying, don't take two lefts. Don't take two left turns. Take the right turn. Jesus tells us the right way to go. Don't be a here that gets ripped off. You know, want to hear God. Why? Because Satan wants to immediately take away what, was, what God has for our lives. There's no application. I hear the word of God and there's no application. I just go and I forget about it. He's won the battle. Jesus is saying, "Don't be a superficial uh, superficial hearer." And I'm not. That's not a put down. That's that's meaning it's not taking root. It's not taking root in your heart. I'm not really thinking about what I'm hearing. You know, let the word of God penetrate the surface of your heart. Ask God. Because here it says they immediately received it with gladness, but they had no root in themselves. So we got to pray for our hearts because it only endures for a time. But after tribulation and persecution arises, it says immediately they stumble. So I want to pray for my heart. But also, I don't want to be a distracted hearer, you know, because the cares of the world... Jesus says they're deceitful. They're deceitful. Their riches and their desires, they're deceitful to mislead you and to cause you to sin. Leaving you in a state of frustration. Choking out what God really has for you. You know, and that word, you know, that word speaking of asphyxiation or suffocating, you know, it's like Your conscious perception is not where it should be. And and when I got choked out that one time, you know, I kind of heard things, but I really didn't hear. You know, I was kind of like in a daze. And we could be walking like that in our in our in our Christian walk in kind of a daze with a lack of spiritual uh, perception. You know, we're hearing it, but we're not really thinking it through. But here, Jesus says, be a hearer that takes it to heart. I need to pray to be a hearer that takes these things to heart. And I apply them to my life. Jesus says, he who hears the word accepts it. These hearers will manifest simple obedience to him and a fruitful life. See, the byproduct of your life, of hearing the word of God, will produce fruit. You know, just, and the fruit are the works that we do. You know, we love people, we, we help people, we pray for people, we encourage people, we care for people. I think there's a lack of fruit. You know, I, and, and, you know, God ministered to me yesterday. I was talking to somebody and then I was I, I was talking to the husband and I, t- I said hi to the kid and I totally ignored his wife. And, you know, God ministered to me, I, you know, hey, be sensitive to people. You know, the fruit of your life, you know what we do, we're giving, we're loving, we're caring. Why? Because people God cares about people. And I need to care what God thinks and I need to uh, care what other things, you know, Jesus said they will know you by your love. So take these things to heart, you know, pray that as God gives you the messages, pray for the condition of your heart that as soon as you go away from here, that Lord, pray, Lord, make my heart good ground. Lord, help me to be fruitful. Help me not to be distracted. Help me not to get ripped off. You know, God wants so much more from us. And, you know, all we have to simply say is, Lord. Here's my heart. I want to give you it all. Let's pray, Father, we love you. And I thank you for my church family, Lord, Father, the work of your spirit that you're doing, Lord. We pray, Father, for our hearts, Lord, Father, as you give divine message, you speak to our hearts, Lord, Father, let there we pray, Lord, that you would garden our hearts, you'd pull all the rocks out, Lord. Father, that you would pull the weeds out, Lord. Father, that it would be tilled and, and the soil of our hearts, Lord, that your word would fall on our hearts, Lord, that we when we spend time with you alone during the week and, you, and we're reading the word, that what you sow in our hearts. Would be manifested in our lives. That we would love you more. Because we get to know you more. And the byproduct of spending time with you Lord. We would. We love our families better. and We love our community. And we love each other Lord. So Father we do pray for a supernatural work. It's a supernatural message. From heaven. We pray for a supernatural work in our hearts. That our feet and our eyes would be on you. And that you would be glorified in everything we do and everything we say. Bless your people more than they can ask or think according to the power that works in them. So, Father, we do pray, Lord, you have your way. You bless our hearts. In Jesus' name we all say, Amen.